Portions of the following program may be pre-recorded. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Come to Him, will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? You will never thirst again. Let all who are thirsty come to Him. Come and draw from the well of salvation. Be made clean, let Him wash you in truth. He is the fountain of living water. Come and be made new. Will you drink deeply of Jesus? Will you come to the water of life? All who are thirsty come to Him. He can refresh you in the desert where your sin left you lost on the brink. He is the fountain of living water. Come to Him, dear sinner, and drink. How can you imagine? How can you possibly imagine that you are not going to be judged before a righteous God where your actions and attitudes are not going to be fully exposed? How can you even imagine that we have a just God who will not bring you to judgment? I don't care whether you're Jewish, Egyptian, if you're with Hamas, you will go to judgment. And you will be held accountable before an almighty God. Those who are self-seeking, who reject the truth and follow the evil, there will be wrath and anger. There will be trouble and disaster for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew and then for the Gentile. All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law. And all who sin under the law will be judged by the law. It's not those who hear the law who are righteous in God's sight. It's those who obey the law who will be declared righteous.
Are you doing the law? Are you keeping the law? Oh, pastor, the law was done away with. Jesus fulfilled the law. We're not under the law. If you are walking in sin and disobedience, with anger and hatred in your heart, you are under the law of God and will face his judgment. Are you a fornicator? Go to pornography? You lie? You steal? Then you are under the law. Now, it is possible for you to no longer be under the law. Let me show you how. In Romans, the seventh chapter, and this is a source of great misunderstanding. We want to make it very clear today. Romans 7. So, my brothers, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit to God. And we were controlled by the sinful nature, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in our bodies, so that we bore fruit for death. This is seventh chapter. There is no conflict between the 6th, 7th, and 8th chapters of the book of Romans. There is, however, a great deal of misunderstanding. There is only one way to escape the law. That is to die. Have you ever been in court? Had the attorneys bring in a corpse, say, this is who we are judging today. No, come on. He's dead. Bury him. Leave him alone. The law is only binding on a man or a woman when they are alive. But sin will not obey the law. It can't. Because the law is spiritual. But I'm unspiritual. This is what the the Apostle Paul had to say. Let's read it. Let's get clear about what we're talking about. This is in the 15th verse of the 7th chapter. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it's no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. Very clear. The entire Bible is written, the stories are told, because this is a spirit book. This is a living book. It's not dead, it's alive. And it tells the story in the lives of men and women of boys and girls, of what happens in the human mind, what takes place in a man's heart that causes him to be a sinner man. There is a rebellion that rises in the heart of a normal man He wants what he wants. He wants to go where he wants to go. He wants to do what he wants to do. 
He wants to be an achiever. He wants to be a winner. He wants everything possible for him. Wants to be acclaimed as being someone important. And then we meet as Christ. And discover that there is only one way to deal with this human heart. That is to let it die, put it to death, and be ruled entirely, completely by Jesus Christ. Not by our own will, not by our own desires, but by Jesus Christ. Now, try to get at this a different way. Won't be easy, but stay with me. It's very clear that this man who lives in a flesh body right now, but who in his spirit is a part of what God is about that this this flesh body will go through an experience that will give it very clear evidence of its condition for a holy and righteous God. It's a very simple thing, but it happens to a person who has not been born from above on a regular basis. Where it is most quickly evident, where it is most clearly seen, is in the sexual side of a human person. They will lust in their heart after a man or a woman. And they have opportunity to be together. And they'll be talking about, we want to be clean. We don't want to give ourselves to the lust of our hearts. It'll become very clear between them What they want. What they want is to be followers of Jesus Christ. And then suddenly, unexpectedly, they will burst into unbridled sex. They'll feel guilty, and afterward, they'll repent. They might even pray together. But it happened. Why? Or man sees an opportunity to steal something, and he wants it. And unexpectedly, without his even thinking about it, except to think that it's wrong, we'll grab it and run. Or we'll lie. What I'm saying is, what we find in this human person is that they do things, they say things, they act in ways that shocks them. They don't know why. It just leaps upon them, and it's done. Of course, they know, if they know the law, that a man who does these things will not ever enter into the presence of God. They know that it is against the law. They know that it is wrong. They would acknowledge before and after that that kind of action 
would bring God's judgment upon them. Now, there are some men and women who will pick up a rifle, shoots and kills, and they have no sense of guilt. They don't know the law, or if they do know the law, they have no regard for it. Saw a man take the most beautiful little child. And cause that child smile and laugh because this man was acting in a very friendly manner with this little baby. Two years old. And then suddenly a dark look went over his face and he twisted the child in a way that hurt that child. There was a a bitterness in that man's heart. There was no regard for a child except for that brief moment. His dark conscience was penetrated by something good, the Spirit of God. Then that kindness passed, and he humiliated that child and, and caused pain. Caused the child to begin to wail. Why does a man or a woman do what they do? It's not in their conscious thought that they want to do that. But it springs up out of a wicked heart. War is one of those things. I hate war. I hate what I see happening to people in war. Why is there war? Because war springs up out of the deepest, most depraved and desperate part of a man or a woman's heart. And then the other side has to defend itself, doing things it doesn't want to do or doing things that it feels it must do to protect its nation or city or people. If you dig down under that, find an evil heart, a justifying heart, cruelty, Braved heart. See, when a man or a woman just suddenly does something that he had no clue he was going to do, he was blind to it. Also, Paul wrote, we know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual. This is verse 14 of chapter 7, Romans seven fourteen. But I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do, but what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. If I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but sin living in me. You have sin living in you if you have not been born from above. Verse 18, I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do, not the good I want to do, no, the evil I do. 
and I don't want to do it. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body. Waging war against the law of my mind and making me prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. So Paul is saying, look, this is not how I live now. He's using a futuristic present tense in the Greek. He's talking about himself before he was released from the law. He's speaking about the very hidden depth of a normal man's heart or soul. Now we have a have a civilization. That's a very polite civilization. Hopefully, part of the time. But we also have men and women in the city and in other places who will take block or a 45 and shoot somebody just because, just because they didn't like the way they looked, they didn't like the money they had and they wanted it. They want their car, so they carjack it. Out of that inner place, that evil law will spring forth that rules their nature. They will do things and they will say things that are horrible. They will themselves a Christian and then cuss somebody out. And so beneath that civilized religion where many people there is bizarre, bitter, angry hatred. sin. And if it seizes the heart of a man, he can do unspeakable, dangerous damage to his own life and to the life of others. But that young person on drugs or that old man on drugs, capable of almost any atrocious act. Now, How do we escape this? So that this bitter, wicked nature never comes to life. It's dead. Romans 6 tells us it is dead. It's not repressed. It's not pushed down. It is destroyed, utterly destroyed. Well, if it still springs up in your heart, then you're not born from above, still under the rule of law, and you will be judged according to your actions. And if you are not born from above, you will be cast into the fires of hell, and the final judgment decision is made regarding your case. So he asks the question. I think it's a question 
We need to consider an absolute honesty toward ourselves. I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. So I see something going on inside of me, present tense, I see something going on inside of me that tells me under this evil power called sin. Waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. We see that going on right now with Israel and Hamas. But one is claiming righteousness because they were attacked, viciously attacked. Does not mean that they're good people. It says, in my inner being, I delight in God's law. I see another law at work in the members of my body waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin within my members. And verse 24. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Paul is saying, yes, I know if I operate that way, I'm going to die for eternity. But I can't seem to help myself. It just jumps out of me at the most inopportune times, and I do things that cause me great shame. What a wretched man I am. who will rescue me from the body of death. Now Paul gives us the answer. And it's the answer that he has taken. It's the answer that has been the driving force of his life after he finally was born from above. Thanks be to God. In other words, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, I am released. So then, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law. But in the sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. If you are bound as a slave to sin that springs up out of you when you don't even want it, No, you're going to die eternally. Now, chapter 8, which tells us normal life of the Christian. Listen to what happens when a man is born from above. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, there is only one place you can escape this law of sin and death. And that is by moving out of your old life and moving into Jesus Christ. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free the law of sin and death. You and I have been operating all of our lives under the law of sin and death unless we have been born from above and now dwell in Jesus Christ, not beside him, not with him, 
in Jesus Christ. Scriptures say, Christ Jesus, hope of glory, dwelling in Jesus Christ, is the hope of glory. There are no excuses for continuing to live under the law of sin and death. Now, you may think you've got it conquered pretty well. And then unexpectedly, it will leap into your face. And you'll know that you are still under the law of sin and death. Through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Only Jesus can set you free from that law of drugs. Only Jesus Christ can set you free from lust. I hear a Christian man complaining about how he is caught in the in the lust, you will continue to be in that spirit of lust till you die out and you come under Jesus Christ and you are brought into Jesus Christ. And Jesus will set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do. Alice told you the law that it was wrong. The law never gave anyone the power to say no. For what the law was powerless to do. Chapter 8, verse 3 in that it was weakened by the sinful nature. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. So he condemned sin in sinful men in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature. According to the Spirit. Now let's be very, very clear. We were all born with a sinful nature. I'll share that with you. Here in Romans, the third chapter. We've already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous. Righteous is just a word that means innocence. There is no one innocent, not even one. There's no one who understands, no one who seeks God. This is the condition of all human flesh. If you seek God in your human flesh, it's because the Holy Spirit is calling you. All men are not called by God because they love their sin and they have closed off their heart and they refuse to listen to the call of God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongue practices deceit. A poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. There's no fear of God before their eyes. Now, we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, 
so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous, should not be declared, an Old Testament term, dikasune, the Greek. The new word should be, no one will be made righteous in his sight by obeying or observing the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. We've all sinned and we've all fallen far short of the glory of God, including me. Why was that law given? So that every man and every woman would have to face their true condition. They could not pretend any longer that they were good people. Remember, Jesus said, there's only one who is good, and that's the Father in heaven. So now we come face to face, chapter 7, that there is a way out of this utter wickedness, this sin. The way out is not to die, and then after you go to heaven, Jesus, bless you with holiness. It doesn't work that way. You're going to have to be holy when you arrive there, or you will not arrive in heaven. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, we grab a hold of today. There are no good men. There are no good women. Israel is just as wicked as Hamas. Jesus came from the Jewish people as their Messiah and Savior. To do what? To destroy the works of the devil in our hearts and to make us into a people righteous and holy. We don't hear much about holiness in church today. But we need to. Are you holy? Are you righteous? Or are you one of those people still controlled by this law of sin and death? Or Jesus set you free from the law of sin and death? Has he done that for you? Now, for a long time, felt as a pastor, message was sidelined. And it is by unrighteous people, by unholy people, unholy pastors who have gone the way of darkness. But the very heart of Scripture is how God intends to deal with your sin, if there be any, in the current modern age. And for you to learn about that will require a great amount of time and attention to reading the book of Romans 5, 6, 7, 8. It's going to require your attention and hard work to comprehend what God is saying to you. Now, salvation is free, not by works. It means that I give up 
my old nature, my old sin. I renounce it. And I allow myself to be brought into Jesus Christ as a place of life and joy and comfort. It allows me to be transformed and changed by the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. If you just continue down the road of normal American, normal American entertainment, normal American work, normal American relationships, if you just continue down the road, you will come to the end not have been changed. You never asked to be changed. You've never surrendered to be changed. seems to me that salvation is something to be received. It's offered to me free of charge. But included in that is a total change of me. God does it by his Holy Spirit. So it seems to me that everything that is of real value in this life is a gift. We are released from sin and death. We are released from our wickedness. We simply have to agree. You have to say, yes, that is what I want. I want to be in Jesus. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. He's the one I love. It will be done. Let's pray. God, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus, you are the judge of all the earth. And you can, if you're asked, and destroy the law of sin and death that has ruled our lives and brought us such agony. and Selfishness. Filthiness. Ambition. Lord, you're the one who can change all of that. Make us alive with you. Lord, it's my desire in every part of my heart to be possessed by you, to be filled by you. And Lord, I come today telling people they can receive this gift free of charge. They must be willing to receive the gift Say no to their sin. Say no to their wickedness. Say no to the old nature. Say yes, Jesus, to you. Would you come in great power? resident in the human heart, pride, arrogance, selfishness. Call me to give all of those myself to you, to be put to death, to be brought to life as a new creature, something that never has existed before. You call me to surrender. Give up the fight. Stand on your side. Lord, have your way today. I recognize we're in the midst of a a wicked battle 
in America and in a number of nations in the world. And it looks like everything is going to come crashing down. I believe that's what you've told us is going to But none of what's built on the foundation of the Holy Spirit is going to come crashing down. You have set us free from the law of sin and death because the law was powerless to do in us because we were so weakened by the sinful nature. God sent you, Jesus. Made us into a new creature. New is in something that has never existed before. Each of us unique and by ourselves in you, Jesus. I know that the mind of sinful man is death. My mind is controlled by your spirit. Life and peace. I hope you've understood what I've spoken about. It is the way of life. It's not the way of death. I want life. Do you? I want a life of joy and peace and kindness. I don't want a life of bickering, arguing. I know that Jesus and the earth. I know that all things are subject to him. Now, I also know that sickness is controlled. Devil brings it. Jesus can break it. One sister. Never met her. It's precious. She needs the healing touch of Jesus. I know a man that I do know. Love him dearly. Both he and his wife. Desperately need the Jesus Christ. Pray for them. Lord, there's a sister in Elliott City who desperately is waiting. I don't know the details of what's happening, but I just know she openly confesses, I need the healing touch of Jesus on my body. Lord, I come today asking. I ask that you would encourage her to stand. To know that you love her. To know that you have not forgotten her. Heard another couple. Hui. Lord, I know you love them, and they're being harassed by demon power. Asking Jesus, in the mighty name and the blood of Jesus, store them to health and break every demonic power that's trying to take them out. Lord, please come. I trust in your healing power, Jesus, both in my body and my spirit.
I trust you, Jesus, for the healing of a broken leg. I heal, I, I pray and believe in you for the healing of an inward pain, precious. Lord, I just come humbled, broken, knowing that the law of sin and death has been broken over my life. Your holy name, I pray. You can write to me at the post office this morning at the post office all week. Some of you have given online. On one hand, encouraged, and on the other hand, discouraged. No, I'm not encouraged or discouraged. I'm just, my eyes are on Jesus, and I trust him. You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 195. National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You're also welcome to go to our webpage. You can give online. Any other sacred portions of scripture are explained there. Welcome to go and Access it all at no charge. Thank you. Love you. Thank you for your prayers for my healing. Thank you for your prayers for those that I lift before you. Prompting of the Spirit. Yes, I do want to lift up Richard Boyd, Frederick Maryland, hospital facing painful processes. Would you pray for him? Well, I'm I'm excited about what's happening in your life. I pray that Jesus comfort you. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you. Before the presence of his glory with great joy with great joy Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to Present you blameless before the presence of